Welcome to the Chapter 2 podcast for the 10-Minute Principle, the 7 Raw. Chapter 2, the Principle, Communication, and School Culture. In this chapter, we talk about and hopefully started thinking about things that have an impact on the culture and the climate and the brand of your school. Discussing email strategies, how to build your school's brand, social media tips, customer service, particularly in the front office, and professionalism. This podcast, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your role as a school leader and the congruence that you have between your words and your action. Some reference, referencing part of the chapter where I have some bullets of things that we can consider. I want to go through them and share some additional thoughts. It's important for the leader of the school or the administrative team or, or teacher leaders in the building to believe in the capacity of all students. That's something that resonates throughout this book. But educators who do not believe that children can learn have a very high chance of fulfilling that expectation. It's very important to believe that kids can be successful. This has to do with personal efficacy and has to do with collective efficacy of a building. Next is be a positive person. Positivity is a choice. It's a choice that we make each and every day when we get up in the morning, we get out of bed, and we go to work. Positive people will always draw to them positive people. Negative people will draw to them negative people. As the leader of the building, whether you're a principal, of course, any other administrator in the building or teacher leader, make a personal commitment to be positive. It will make a difference for the climate of the building, and it will absolutely make a difference within the classroom and to students that are in the building. Next, embrace a growth mindset. There are two types of mindsets, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A growth mindset means that you believe, or that we believe, that learning is a product of time, opportunity, and effort. That even if you can't do something right away, if you insert the power of yet, good things can happen and you can master um, learning a skill. Growth mindset is very important for the principal of the building to exhibit to their staff. You cannot be a principal who discusses and shares and communicates the value of growth mindset unless you live growth mindset. The disconnect between an administrator who has a fixed mindset who wants to communicate growth mindset simply doesn't work. It doesn't work at the building level and it doesn't work in the classroom. Also to improve culture in a building, I encourage all leaders to set a tone where creativity is encouraged within the building. This has to do with giving people permission to be creative. If people do not feel that they have permission to be creative, they tend to hunker down and do just what they need to do in order to get through the day or in order to um, keep their job. But a culture of creativity is absolutely needed for schools to move forward as we focus on teaching schools, teaching students rather, for their future, not for our past. But the question is, and what I'd want you to think about, is what are you doing as a leader within your building to encourage others around you to be creative? And one way that that can happen is you need to talk about and you need to demonstrate your efforts at bringing creativity into your life. When people can see you doing that and see that at times you'll have victories and at times you'll have challenges, they'll be more likely to do that within their classroom or, of course, within the building if they're in an administrative position. 
Make student-centered decisions. This is really important and, and something that I'll talk a little bit about now, but something to think about all the time. Sometimes it's easy to make decisions that are good for adults that may not necessarily be good for students. I encourage all decisions to be made with the best interests of students. An example that, that I can share, maybe this resonates with you, is at times during state testing, there may be an ideal way to design the schedule that is particularly good for students, but it may not be great for staff. Staff may lose some planning time or staff may have some extended blocks. But I would encourage, within that example, to make the decision that is best for students. Think if you come into work every day and you say, hey, I want my decisions to be student-centered, I want to put kids first, it will absolutely help you make better decisions as you move through your school year. Value and model being a learner. Absolutely, it's important to communicate the value of learning, but it's equally important to model that. So my question to you is, how are you modeling being a learner to teachers within your building and to students? Next, give permission for purposeful risk-taking. I say purposeful risk-taking because we certainly don't want less than purposeful risk-taking happening within a school. But this has to do with the culture and the climate of the building, and it has a lot to do with the tone that the principal is setting within the building. Is the principal setting up an environment where people feel comfortable to take risk? And, and what I mean is, are they comfortable to take risk without fearing reprisal if something doesn't work? And then, of course, the next thing I would ask you to think about is, how are you demonstrating purposeful and appropriate risk-taking within your role as a, as a school leader? Because if you're doing that and you're communicating that and people are observing that, you will absolutely start setting the tone for this to occur within your building with teachers and, of course, with students also. Next, support professional development and allow technology to have a transformative effect on learning. Professional development is important for schools. We cannot get better without being dedicated to professional development, but there's some different ways to think about it. You know, and I would encourage you to think about ways to bring professional development or to bring more conversational opportunities within your building. The traditional way of sending people to conferences and at times having a person come back and do a train-the-trainer model, I have not found to be particularly effective. What I would encourage you to think about is what kind of ongoing professional development opportunities can you set up within your building? Now, this can involve, if your funds are available, hiring in a consultant to work with your school for the entire year. But it could also involve ongoing article study or ongoing book study on topics that are important to the building based off of data or based off of conversations or based off of discussions about where the building wants to go next. An example that I can share is in my building, we wanted to have discussions about grading. So we embarked on a year-long journey to learn about grading, learning about best practice in grading, reading articles, reading books of experts on grading, and using that information to help us reflect on our practices and work towards making, at times, adjustments to grading that made sense and were based off of best practice. Another idea is foster intentional, purposeful, and reflective teaching. And I like this because what this means is we want people who are working with kids to be absolutely thinking about uh, the kids that are in front of them and making sure that the instructional decisions that are taking place within the classroom are purposeful 
and then incorporating reflection, reflection on how lessons have gone, reflection on how students are learning and understanding, and using that information to help shape and adjust and, and tweak at times instructional methods as time moves forward. Redefine the role of teacher, classroom space, and students. This can have a really powerful impact on the culture within a building. Redefining the role of a teacher. When I grew up, I had a very traditional experience with with education when I was a student. it was I, I was a product of very direct instruction classrooms where teachers would stand behind a podium or teachers would write notes on the board, teachers would lecture, I would take notes and I would take tests. I encourage environments within schools that are far different than that. I'm not discounting that direct instruction can have a place, but what I would strongly advocate for is lots of different types of instructional methods to meet the needs of students, to increase engagement of learners, and bring more creativity within the building. One way to do that is to take a look at classroom space within your building. I am certainly a proponent of flexible spaces within schools. Traditional rows tend to be found in classrooms that have traditional teaching. But I would caution and say that just changing the layout of a classroom without making changes in instruction will not have any impact at all. But change of space along with change of instruction um, can have a very, very powerful impact. It has to do with redefining the role of teacher and redefining the role of learners within a classroom. I hope that these ideas give you something to reflect about further as you consider the role of the principal, as you consider the role of communication, and you consider how all of the things in Chapter 2 and what I've just shared with you can have an impact on school culture.